0: From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. You don't know how glad... I am to be back behind this microphone, (laughs) as opposed to another microphone we were both behind recently. And just a little, uh, you know, spoiler, it ain't got nothing to do with you.
1: No, I'm happy with you. (laughs) Well, you like your comfort zone in here, your little cave in here. You have all the control.
0: Woo-wee. Welcome back to the Tennis Revolution podcast, not (laughs) blog. Cor- no one has any idea what we're talking about. Yeah, Corey and I recently experimented with <laughs> don't, Please don't say it like that. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that's all, just that's all. Please nobody record that clip. <laughs> all right, where we, we uh, left off.
0: We tested the waters. Very, well, I don't know that's any better, but all right. Of uh, We really got into some things. <laughs> uh,
1: we couldn't say anything like this yesterday.
0: No, we went to a local country club in DFW. And uh there was a tournament going on, just a, you know, an amateur local type tournament. And uh and we uh did the unthinkable. <laughs> we were behind the microphone. No, we didn't play. No, yeah, that that would be <laughs> that would be unbelievable, not unthinkable. <laughs> um we uh we broadcast a match like You know, it was uh, like Summerall Madden. Exactly. They both don't do it anymore. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, They don't think they're either of them are alive.
0: What? Uh, John Madden's alive. Are you? No, that's right. John
1: Madden is alive. Is is he? Yes. Yes. He He makes shoes now. (laughs) And video games still. You didn't get the
0: shoe reference? Madden
1: shoe. Oh, Steve Madden. Is that him? Steve Madden? (laughs) I didn't know. I
0: I just knew Madden. I figured.
1: (laughs) Um, no Pat Summerall is not alive unfortunately no, no but, Pat Summerall is not with us I would take John Madden in the broadcast booth now
0: on any football game this podcast over me this podcast <laughs> boom um yeah he's 82 there you go uh, he was born in Austin nice Minnesota you're starting to sound like uh, our show yesterday he was <laughs> he was born in Austin Minnesota yeah so we broadcast a local match which uh you know the opportunity, I I appreciate the opportunity from Tex Mex Productions as they're called. That's not a any kind of uh, you know, epithet. <laughs> um that's the actual name of the company. And uh, you know, they they are um trying to find that niche of live streaming matches, you know, within a certain region, uh, but amateur, you know, so yeah, yeah. I think
1: they're doing a little bit of soccer too, or they were at one what? time.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs>
1: But yes, you can go to Bent Tree Tennis on Facebook and and find that if you're dying to see us in action.
0: Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you don't want to, it uh, <laughs> it was a lot to. like it. Here's what's funny. It was a lot like not the experience. The experience in and of itself was wonderful. Not you, <laughs> but Craig Bell, the 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 team there at Tex Mex Productions, the facility, the club's a beautiful club. Um. But yeah, the, uh, the outcome, I think, from my part, reminded me of something I also did this weekend. Saturday before we were out there. I, I just was going back and, and trying to arrange all the audio from <laughs> this podcast, get it organized, right. you know, clean it up a bit, and uh, listen to one of the first episodes that's uh, the first episode that's available now on our current format. And it was uh, back in 2016.
1: We were both young, oh no, kids. you weren't involved.
0: you were not involved. <laughs> well, but yet. we were young kids is what I was saying uh it was it was bad <laughs> it was bad and a, and a and like that podcast yesterday <laughs> was bad well, and it's you like, were pretty good. it was my know, it was me. it's like I, those
1: I, celebrity audition tapes they have, you know, when somebody goes and tries out for something and then they later become famous. that's got to start somewhere,
0: yeah. The most famous ones are probably all the Star Wars, you know, back in the seventies, <laughs> right. you know, seventy five, seventy six, when they were bringing in, you know, all the, the different would be Han Solos, right. and then they bring in the actual the the guy that got the role eventually, which you know you didn't know at the time, right? And they all sucked. It's <laughs> like, wait a second, how are any of these people? Right. And you even know. The guy that exactly. got it, Harrison Ford, you're watching his audition and you're like, this is awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How did he become Han Solo? They didn't even have CGI back then. This is horrific. So,
1: what you're saying is we, they haven't found the right person for this show yet, but they're still looking for him.
0: Correct. <laughs> I'm the Tom Selleck of the that would have. Did he uh, audition?
1: I was going to say, everybody's, when you mention Tom Selleck now, it's always about friends. People always think you're talking about friends. His most famous role, yet he was a guest star. No, a Magnum PI, baby. Magnum yeah, PI. That's true. And now there's a new version of that too. So who, That's awful. Yeah. Everything new's awful.
0: <laughs> so anybody that's under the age of twenty five, your life is measurably more terrible <laughs> because all you get are retreads of what we got to watch for the first time. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> well, and I hate to admit this, but we didn't have not had an awful Australian open. It's been amazing.
0: We wanted to, didn't we? <laughs> so what happened? They, they at the last minute, changed to my, to my draw, to yeah. To four seedings. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We have had a humdinger of a tournament thus far. And I'll tell you this. You came in here with one of the most ridiculous requests I can think of. <laughs> we can't talk about the Federer match. <laughs> we can't talk about the Federer match. I
1: said we could if something <laughs> dramatic happened. Yeah,
0: that was a little passive-aggressive, <laughs> though. I know you were... Uh, I
1: So I drafted, we do our fantasy tennis draft, as you tease me about often. And I had the ninth pick out of 10, which is typically not a winning scenario. And I drafted Tsitsipas with my first pick, knowing I was going out on a limb and he so probably would take a while to do anything. And
0: Is this a by-hand type situation? It's not like Yahoo has. No, no one has one. So you have to do it by hand.
1: Right. And obviously, Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, Serena—you know, Halep—they're all gone. So I'm not going to act like I chose him over anybody else. But look like a genius today. Of the top eight players that were available, or that were gone, I took him at number nine. So Which did, he's the 14th ranked player in the world, so that was going out on a limb to some degree. Yeah, yeah. And I did not expect him to beat Federer. I'm not saying that, but did any anybody once.
0: pick Sock when he was eight in the world?
1: <laughs> well, that was at the end of the year and the next year. He, uh, I don't know if he anybody drafted him this year or not. We do 50 Woo. men, so I don't think he would have been drafted in the top 50. Wow. So I don't think he Eight was in taking... the world and wasn't one of the top
0: 50. <laughs> this year. He was last year uh. when he was ranked in the top 10. So this doesn't take into account doubles, apparently.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a pure uh, draft like it should be. It should factor everything exactly.
0: in. But exactly. But no, we,
1: you know, going back to my criteria. Raven Clausen, my first pick. <laughs> Going back to my criteria of the best, you know, I have a win over him. Uh, yeah, I, I that's wish. why I picked him. <laughs> but the things that make a slam great, I think we've had all three. It was a walkover. Yeah. Well, sorry, still, I'm, I'm still listening. Still counts in the record book.
0: Every time I say something, I I feel that, you know, I feel compelled <laughs> to add another Qualify tidbit it. to make it more true than I, it originally was. So carry on. It still counts in the record book. I do have a win. Yeah, that's fair.
1: But no, I think we had we've had a good mix of Americans doing well, which obviously benefits us. And Australians doing well, which benefits the home country, which we say always adds more attention to the tournament and just more excitement.
0: Yeah, and and you know, on both counts, I think it's not. This is almost a prediction. Um, it's not just fluky on either side. So Ash Barty is doing well for Australia, right? That's not fluky. She's been an up and comer, and she's still coming up. And, you know, Daniel Collins is another example, up-and-comer, maybe a little quicker now than Ash Barty, but uh, still, for America, you know, she's making some noise.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, it, it's isn't it weird to see Barty as a top-16 seed, because I don't feel like she's really been a contender ever. Right. But you feel like she is now, based on how she's played and who she's beaten. Um, and obviously, having Wozniacki out of that section helps, and she's already beaten Sharapova, the one who beat Wozniacki, so... It's kind of hers to lose, at least for the next round or two.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, but we don't care about women's tennis here. Let's talk about men. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will say for once, this doggone men's draw is is um, you know equal to the task in you know competing as far as interest and all the rest of it compared to the women's.
1: Well, and this is one of those weird tournaments where I feel like the lower players are getting more attention than top players. Like Serena Djokovic and Adal have almost been an afterthought in this tournament even though partly because they've been winning so easily and quickly you don't get they don't get as much airtime and so I feel like we're more focused on the Poss and the Collins and Tiafo and those people instead of the people that are probably going to win the tournament.
0: Well, we might have started the trend, but I think everybody's coming on board that uh that this next gen group, the lost generation of tennis. <laughs> Really is worthless. And the next, next gen, a la seats pass, you know, hatching off, Tiafoe. et cetera, Tiafo, that's the next, next gen. And so.
1: Yeah, they've completely surpassed him in one tournament. It,
0: well, I was going to say if Australia is any indication, <coughs> then I am vindicated. <laughs> yeah, this is. We are vindicated. You didn't
1: expect to be validated this soon, and it's already happening.
0: Although, I mean, listen. It's unheard of for, you know, the men to compete this late age-wise. Right. So every day that they get, you know, older, seem, you know, I don't know if it's want or seems for me, you know, I mean, but it seems that at any moment the cliff is right there and they're just going to physically you know, just because of age, are just going to fall off the cliff. At some point, it's got to stop.
1: But I think your whole point is that, and we saw it with Burdich against Nadal, is those people haven't been able to push them over the cliff. <laughs> How good was that match? It wasn't! <laughs> and 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 Fourth I, round, 0-1 in the first two and sets. And I love this tournament throughout. But again, we had Tiafo potentially oh, the best yeah. American we've had for the last 10 years. I don't think he is, but this tournament he is. They were showing that it all match, the whole time. Right. It was six zero five one. Tiafo had just called the doctor, lost the third set, and they're show. They didn't Probably show it. Probably not the doctor. No, he did. They said he called the doctor. What? Which was so weird. I thought. So like to me, that was interesting. They did not go back to that match until five yeah. four in the fourth. And the first nine games, the said they didn't show.
0: And two things, two reasons that the split, the split screen. Obviously, we've talked about. Yeah. You know, in the on previous eps here, but. First of all, it's not good to watch. No. because you can't see, it's hard to pay attention, right. but you can't hear either. Right. And something like that, you need to be in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I hate Direct TV doesn't give me any money. <laughs> and I hate I hate to continue to, you know, sell them, but that's one huge benefit of Direct TV is you can go to cha- channel 704. Right. And now they still only have like four other courts cuz one of them, one of them it drives me insane. It's it's a Directv simulcast of ESPN <laughs> so like, two. Who doesn't right. have ESPN two that has the tennis channel and also has? I mean, come <laughs> and on! The Directv
1: five court package. Yeah. Well, and to me, the the split screen is almost like more insulting because it's like, okay, this match isn't important enough to take us away from the all British match, but we'll show you both. Yeah. It's like I don't understand the philosophy there. And then I mean, I just couldn't figure that out. I get that it's Nadal an and maybe people turn it on and see Nadal an playing and they're interested. But if I turned that match on and saw the score, I would turn it off immediately. Right. If I was a casual tennis fan. Um, I mean, or unless I just thought, man, I have to see how he's beating him this badly. But if I knew that Tiafoe was going on, I'd like to see the ratings from that direct TV of how often people are watching the side courts versus the main one. I mean, ESPN's got to have access to those numbers, I would think. Right. But they don't seem to utilize it. Yeah, it. They did the same with Serena match, too, though.
0: Listen, here's the deal. It's 2019. No, that's all. Uh, just <laughs> stating the year. No, no, no. But there could be a way. No, no, no. There is a way to live, you know, words. I don't know words. Good thing I'm on a podcast. Live track. Well, that the ESPN can live right. track interest in whatever match yeah you know they could put up a four screen and, and, and nadal up you know 6051 right you know Tiafo calling the doctor uh <laughs> that was australian by the way you didn't know i was bilingual um you know and then you know wh- you know whoever else is playing the other two matches and put one through four you know go to the app go to espn app and pick which one you want right boom espn2 here it is and quit all this nonsense
1: yeah, I mean, it's it just I just to me that was the biggest story uh, up to that point. That was before Collins had had just destroyed Kerber, which I was shocking to me.
0: Let me tell you, well, that was just I mean, Kerber just was not in it. I yeah,
1: mean, and, and and partly because of the coverage, I only saw the very end of it. Again, they didn't show, and it'd be hypocritical for me to say they should have shown it because it was six oh six two. But to me, that was different when when you're when the top players down big that needs to be
0: shown. Right, that it that is more compelling than the top player being up right. a lot
1: again as usual. But to me, then those are the two matches that were the most interesting yesterday, obviously before the CT Postfeder, but and they did, they spent the whole time showing it all in Verdict, which I didn't understand. Well, and here's
0: the thing is this is something I think needs to happen is that if the, two, the one thing that, first of all, demand is going to make that possible to switch from a Nadal blowout or right. Serena, you know, either yeah. way on the women or the men's side, if the favorite is dominating, it, you know, there's no reason to watch. So number one is demand. So if they can figure out how to do that digitally, I think it's super easy, I would imagine. Right. I couldn't do it easily, but smart <laughs> people could. And the other thing is, is the the crews on the court, so the commentating crews on the court Need to make it compelling enough for a reason so they know, hey, the national broadcast in the U.S. just switched over to us. Right. We're not on channel 700 and (laughs) whatever. So they just switched over. So now let's talk about why we're watching this and not that. But they're hamstrung. They can't talk about, yeah, Nadal's, it's a blowout. Burdick, right. Burdick is part of, you know, the same group that can't beat they anybody. They have to talk
1: about what can he do to bring it back. or you know, Nothing. Like, right. No, he but can they go have there, to there.
0: search for that. With his racket and hold it like an axe and hit Nadal in his <laughs> neck as hard as he can. That's his only chance. Although that second set was, the third set was tighter, but it still it doesn't Once matter. Well, me that
1: a third set in a match where someone's up two sets to love shouldn't almost Four never set. be shown. It should set. almost never be shown.
0: Right. If you if you win the third, you're down two to no, two sets to nil to nothing. Sorry, soccer. <laughs> uh, and you win the third, that means nothing. You can still lose the match in the next set.
1: But and I thought they learned cuz I was actually really impressed early in the week because Federer had play, was playing and I don't remember which round it was, but they did not show hardly any of his match and I was shocked because there was some really dramatic match going on in a different court. And they were showing; they showed that throughout. And I don't remember. They
0: they felt guilty because they were he was playing during the day and he's not. (laughs) It was it was Federer's
1: day match. That's why
0: that's why he's not in the tournament anymore. And he uh, he
1: played, and they I I couldn't believe they weren't showing it. I was like, we're actually getting to watch somebody besides Federer when he's killing a guy. Like usually they show that no matter what to the end. Yeah. So it was so I thought okay man maybe they're kind of figuring out that they they can't hang on to Federer at all forever. And who knows? It may have been Djokovic, which is you know would make sense cause it's the number one in the world but it was just nice to not have to watch sit through a hour and 45 minute beat down so it, yeah it's it's the same frustrations we've always had but. so
0: here's what Nadal looks like so far <laughs> straight sets straight sets straight sets straight sets
1: 20. now
0: he had a <laughs> tiebreaker in the Burdick match
1: which was up when he was up two sets to love, so
0: yeah, and a seven five set against Duckworth,
1: which was a match that he had no chance to lose.
0: Which he had no chance to lose, and uh, you know, he's first match of the tournament.
1: Well, and he played three Australians first round, which was or first three rounds, which is kind of a weird, you know, luck of the draw, but it. Uh, so he hasn't played anybody strong until Burdich, who really is on a comeback. But Burdich rolled through his previous matches. I was going to
0: say, I mean, yeah, he's he's on the comeback, but obviously he's physically well enough to make it, you know, to the fourth round. Yeah, perennial. I mean, he beats Schwartzman for pizza. That's six. what I
1: mean. And, and perennial top ten. Um, so he's just part of that era that the lost gen, as you said, that they're just not. Yeah. I don't see any window they've got at this point because well we're
0: seeing, we got we got next gen next next gen I think that gen is the never gen. <laughs>
1: well, the only person I see from that generation to me that could still not based on this tournament, but that could still win a slam or two is Team. He's the only person that I see from that that what would that be like twenty four to twenty eight age that has a chance, and that's only probably because the French. Anybody else, I just don't see it.
0: By the way, the I don't know who said it, and I think they were talking about Zverev, but they said something about all his shot making. He'd be a good doubles player, really. And I, I you know, I did one of those where you hit your hand on your forehead and say <laughs> what, because his volleys are so horrific. <laughs> it's not even funny.
1: Well, and I even on top of that, I read. Uh, I think it was on the cover of Tennis Magazine they had. So Well, let me just ask you, you may have seen it already so you know the answer, but going into 2019, if you had four players that you could put on the cover of Tennis Magazine, two men, two women, who would it be? You mean right now? Yeah, like going into this year before anything in Australia happened.
0: Well, men would have to be Djokovic. Right. I mean, he came back and dominated. you would have to have Serena. Right. Are they in bikinis? <laughs> If they are, then it's Verdasco. The,
1: those two were there,
0: all right. And then on uh, the,
1: I'm trying to think if I remember the third one or the fourth one. I mean,
0: so then the second one on the men, I mean, who did they put? Did they put Nadal?
1: No, they put Zverev. Oh my! And they said, and I think Zverev was actually the headline, and it said, you know, get to know your next number one or something. And I was. Were know, they
0: telling Zverev that <laughs> get to know your next number one? I sir? think Halep
1: was maybe the fourth, but I don't know how they. I don't know how you could think that after his Grand Slam results, and obviously he's playing well here, and it's whatever. But it's just I don't understand how you can act like he's a sure thing to be the next number one.
0: Well, the upside is in every Grand Slam he's got no points to defend. <laughs> I mean, the only person that has less points to defend is Jack Sock,
1: <laughs> right? Which isn't helping.
0: <laughs> exactly. Lost if you're an in a straight and wild card. Hey, best doubles player in the <laughs> history of the game.
1: I can't. I hope it's him and his partner. I don't know if they're all both still in versus the Bryans. I know the Bryans are still in, but that would be a great. Uh, that would be fun. And the Bryans find. just work them. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it's. I just don't understand. Like to me, Zverev, Djokovic, and Serena have kind of been non topics in this tournament, which is kind of interesting to me. It's like, a, it's just been, there's been so many other storylines that were interesting. Starting with the Murray is what kind of started us off.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean, and that's not a real story. I know. That's a gossip I type. Ha- everybody's happy because, you know, he acquitted himself, you <laughs> know, in the stiff up lip kind right. of British way. It's like, hey, you really represented, you didn't quit, you fought hard, You you made it exciting, right. and
1: you're done forever, maybe. That wasn't, that was... That was the kind of match I want every Grand Slam to start with, you know, two top players playing each other, and when I say top, I mean top twenty, playing each other, because that I felt I like, got the tournament off to a rolling start, but again, that was by luck. That wasn't because of right. my system,
0: right? Because a a former number you know one player in the world, right, happens to be injured for the last year and a half or two years, and, and comes back and yeah,
1: and he could have played some qualifier or wild card, and then it would have been it would have been nothing.
0: Um, well, he might have won if that right. were the case, which would have been unfortunate because it wouldn't. Well, not not just because it wouldn't have been real. Yeah, I don't want somebody to win around for sentimentality. I want everybody in the in the draw to you know to really not have a chance to win the whole thing is not a right way to characterize yeah. it because obviously that's not the case. But right, you know, if they did win all seven matches, that they could actually finish them right whereas you know he was just a placeholder. Uh, what are you going to do? So, so
1: what was your most shocking result from week 1?
0: Mm, well, on the men's side, I, I would have to say it's hard to say it's shocking because I keep wanting it to happen. Right. But the next next Jenner uh seats to pass beating Federer. Um
1: and see, I can't say it's shocking as I picked him, but yeah. I, but it is still shocking.
0: It's shocking in the sense that um, finally my right. prediction is coming true, um, and, and like I
1: said, I don't I don't discount it by the fact that Federer's older because he's still rolling over everyone else. <laughs> yeah, so see, I think that's more of a product of Citi Pass than it is a Federer.
0: Right, somebody, somebody on the old uh, email or something. I don't know where it came. I don't know where these things came. blog. Everything, yeah, <laughs> from the blog, everything comes to my phone. And so it comes up. I just hit things. So I don't know. All I know is it might as well be from Apple for all I know. I think they sent it to the company and the company sent it (laughs) because it's all on my phone. I don't know where it all comes from, but uh, it might have been an email um, or it might have been from our website, the submission form that gets automatically converted (laughs) to an email. That's where it came from. Just got to think for a second. Yeah, there you go. And they were saying that Djokovic has really only beaten... Nadal and Federer outside of their prime. Now, first of all, I don't think that's the case. It's not at all. At all. Second of all, how are you not saying right now is they're part of their prime? Right. They're the top three in the world!
1: <laughs>
0: no, that's what everybody loves to say. Their age is what you're telling me. But I'm telling you, they're one, two, and three in the world. Yeah, how is that not the problem? have been for 15 years, it seems like.
1: And by the way, Djokovic beat Nadal at the French Open semis, you know, five, six, seven years ago beat Federer five, six, seven years ago in multiple slams. They also piled up wins on Djokovic when he was 17, 18, 19, 20. Right. right? So they didn't play him in his prime either.
0: Why, why, are we, why do we know so much?
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if you when they retire, we'll know exactly what their prime is. Maybe Federer loses, never wins another slam, and you know loses the rest of the year, doesn't win one tournament. That's so, a good point so because say he's out of his prime this yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't say he was out of his prime last year when he won two slams. Any year you win a slam, you're in your prime.
0: Yeah. That to me, yeah, exactly. Um so anywho
1: And he spent part of the year at number one in the world, so he's not in his prime. What is that 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 defines our argument even more. Right. If he's not in his prime and he's
0: number one in the world, what does that tell you? Right. Um what is a win-loss? I don't want a win-loss index. What does that even mean?
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means either. What are you trying to look up Djokovic head-to-head? Yes. Well, I know he's got a winning record against both, so I guess that's what they're referencing um, us talking about.
0: And, yeah, I don't. So what was your biggest shock then? So I, I, um, I agree with you. I agree with you from the standpoint that it's not shocking like, how could this ever happen? It's not like I beat Federer. Right. But I guess more finally, Right. Somebody finally, you know.
1: Well, and I for me on the men's, so you, you did your men's one. I'll do my men's one. To me, it's Tiafo And to me, Tiafo beating Anderson is not a shock. It's because one match. But to do that and then back it up with two more matches, that's the shock to me. Right. So I would have been totally, I would have expected him to lose to Seppi or Dimitrov after that Anderson win and I wouldn't have criticized him for it. I would just say, okay, he got a big win and then he had a letdown. The fact that he was able to beat three, you know, top 40 players in slams in long, difficult matches was really impressive, regardless of what happens in the next round.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So that to me was shocking because I didn't think he was, I didn't think he'd ever be this good to be honest. And him, him, I didn't think uh, he'd be
0: this good this early. Him taking his shirt off and doing the LeBron was more <laughs> shocking to me than anything. Um, well, and then he.
1: I, this this is maybe going to sound bad, but I wanted that post match interview to be so much better. Yeah, uh, and and same with Danielle Collins. By the way, she came off to me as a total <laughs> bitch. I'll, I'll just say it. Wow. Um, and I I thought that was your opportunity to get throngs of fans for both of them. You cannot be serious. <laughs> I uh. And they just. I'm taken aback. They just didn't didn't do it and they even married joe fernandez after she said well you can tell danielle collins is confident i'm like yeah Uh, yeah, she meant the same thing you just said she did she
0: just can't say it on national tv luckily nobody cares about our podcast (laughs) incidentally roger fetter the first time they met was in monte carlo and roger won in in, uh six three two six six three identical score again uh so what year was that that was oh six so no, they had to have played before that. Roger beat him twice in 06.
1: That's the first two times beat him played. twice
0: in 07. So he's up 4 right. 0 on Novak. And what does Novak got to be? Immediately. 19 20 well, then? He turned pro in 03.
1: Yeah, so it's amazing they didn't play.
0: Well, but where was Feder by then? Right. He was already threatening for Grand True. Slams. Djokovic turned pro right. in 0-3. So right, he had the in challengers and all that. Yeah, and so, yeah, so that's not a huge.
1: But didn't Djokovic win the Australian in like 05? I know he won one, and then didn't win any for a few years.
0: Yeah, he beat Songo. Yeah. Um, so, so, he, so but still, he Rogers won. up for nothing on him out of the gate. You can't tell me Rogers not in his prime, right? Definitely his prime. He goes up four zero in '06 and '07. And that's when it starts to change. Uh, Novak beats him in Canada. And then Roger beats him. Then Novak. Then Roger. Then Novak. Then Roger, Roger. Novak, Novak, Novak. Novak. Roger. You know, so now it's it's been going back and forth. So right. there's no doubt that it's been pretty even Steven. Yeah. Except for right at the beginning. And now, you know, as of late, obviously, Joe, Djokovic has had the upper hand. I mean, because Roger turned pro in '98. Right, I saw five that. years. Same year CTS
1: was born, and he's six years <laughs> older
0: than Djokovic. Yeah. So it's only fair that they're obviously going to turn pro about that time right. apart. So, right.
1: um, yeah, and I think if you, it'd be different if Roger was like, like we talked about, floundering on the tour now, and you know was thirties and forties in the rankings, and the, you know, well,
0: that, put it this way, even if right now is not his prime, right. He was certainly in his prime when Djokovic was winning. Right. And to be fair, the first, you know, so anyway, I, you know, yes, of course I'm right. To say
1: most of his wins are when Federer was not in prime is pretty ridiculous.
0: Right. So certainly some were, obviously, but um, not enough to say it's not indicative of, and again, the fact is he's top three in the world and he won two Grand Slams last year. Right unbelievable
1: and and Nadal I'm sure they played even earlier um and Nadal went pro you know a lot younger so again he he was he was playing people when he was 16 17 18 on the tour
0: so anyway sorry (laughs) just I just had that email so so your shock is Tiafoe and uh, of course you cheated and used multiple matches to
1: (laughs) well to me it was a shock that he kept doing it like I accept in tennis that which one's more shocking then the second one the most shocking is him beating Dimitrov, in my opinion. But again, Dimitrov is, is so...
0: Exactly. I mean, that's... First of all, Dimitrov is next-gen. Well, so I guess
1: my shock is Tiafa being in the quarters. All right. That that would be my shock.
0: Right. Um, I but mean, but be, we
1: had Sangren in the semis beating last Beating
0: K.A., beating Anderson is a big deal. I think that's yeah. a bigger deal than beating Dimitrov. Oh, no, totally. Well, and obviously Anderson's a five seed. But, but if so. he played...
1: Dimitrov in round two and Anderson in round four. He's not winning that. Hmm. I don't, th- I don't think, hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's so crazy to remember. Cause I don't even remember us talking about Sanger in the semis last year, but I don't think any of us thought Sanger making the semis was a, like an ascent or a, you know, was going to be a sign of things to come. He had a favorable draw and you know, he played well, he kind of played much higher than his normal level that week.
0: Well, he, I mean, yeah, but he's been,
1: tiafo has been on a continuous yeah, rise. Yeah. And he's well, so young.
0: I mean, can he take Nadal out?
1: No, I think that's going to be... Just a beating. It is. I like the fact that he was, you know, acting like he was excited to play. And I'm sure he is excited to play him. But, you know, even if he was physically 100%, which he won't be after that much tennis, nobody is after a set and a half against Nadal. <laughs> and Nadal just looks unbeatable right now. I would pick Nadal to win the tournament today if I had to. Right. So I think you know, for him it's got to be, you know he's got to jump on him early, which is anytime he played at all.
0: Right. All right. So now here's the, I don't know what you're going to pick at all. <laughs> so let me just throw it out there. One one of the uh, qu- so the same question, but on the women's side, is is Sharapova beating Wozniacki? Shocking to you? It was. Is that the most shocking? That wasn't
1: the most. um, I mean, it seems cheap to pick this because it's kind of obvious to me. The most shocking was the score of Collins over Kerber, (sighs) beating Kerber. Maybe not shocking, but zero and two. I mean,
0: when's the time? I would go the other way. The reason it's not shocking is because Kerber played like crap. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she did. I mean, her. No,
1: I mean, you have to play like crap to lose 0-2. It was
0: horrific. Not necessarily. Right. I mean. And see, I didn't get the luxury of
1: seeing the whole... I only saw about the last three games. Yeah. And then it was Collins was blasting every ball and Kerber was being overpowered, which the part that didn't make sense about that, what I agree with you about, is that's her whole game. She wants the opponent to blast balls. So that could tell me she wasn't on.
0: If she was, you know, at a better level... And Collins beat her. I'd be more shocked if it was four and four. Right. And Collins won. Then I'd be shocked. I'm not shocked when a player just goes completely out of sorts. And this is something I talked about with that guest that took your play. I mean, sat in for you. Um, you know, she sort of disagreed with me at first. And I think it's because I'm an idiot in terms of the way I you know, frame the. The argument overall in terms of women have to deal with more, (laughs) you know, from an emotional standpoint, just physiologically. Um, And so you see a little more of players taking walkabouts, as it were. Um, Well, but to me, like the way I
1: look at it is going into that match. That that was the most shocking outcome. So watching it, it's not shocking because you're right. seeing it happen, right. but, so but what I mean he's going into it. You click
0: on the there's draw. no way I could have thought that. You see that score, and you're like, whoa, how did that happen? Then you go to the match, you watch, and you're like, oh, well, well that makes sense.
1: Well, that plus the fact that she had never won a Grand Slam match going into well, this. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're talking about somebody who's never won a Grand Slam match beating the number two player in the world
0: 0-2. I guess that's why it's not shocking from my standpoint is because... I watched how Kerber played, and I've seen, on more than one occasion, top women's players go away in terms of their emotional control. Well, sure. Pova lost nine games in a row in her match. Yes, that was Uh, not good. (laughs) And then
1: almost won the match.
0: Um, And again, emotional control is not a term I use referring only to women's tennis. It's because I break the game down into three parts. Physical, mental, which is strategy. Physical, obviously, is your condition, but also your technique. Your strokes, the physical, you know, can, like me, my strokes are beautiful, <laughs> condition not so much. But then you have the mental, which is your strategy. Right. You know, how you manage different shots, what you're trying to do strategically with against the person, um, and, uh, you know, strengths and weaknesses, all the gameplay and all that kind of stuff. Emotions are how you handle the pressure.
1: And that you know, the one thing I did like about the Collins post-match is I, I truly believe that she – strategizes for every opponent, which to me sounds silly, but I think there's a lot of players don't do that. They go in there with a plan of how they play and they're going to just play that way and react. But I mean, she said, you know, they said something, some question that, you know, they're never going to answer truthfully, but they said something like, you know, what do you think about playing your next opponent? And she said, well, I've got to go back and sit with my coach and see what our plan is. And to me, it was just interesting to see that there's actually going to be a different plan. And I could see a different plan in this match as opposed to when I've seen her play before. Which I thought the fact that she can, has that versatility
0: was well, a compliment. I would imagine that if a player has their coach on site, or even not, because, you know, telephones work <laughs> these days. Um, that if she's got her coach on site, or can contact her coach, I, I think that's probably going on more than you think. I think the difference is looking at which player does what and what their options are. Right. Well, I what mean, I mean is – Holup can't do a whole lot more that's than what she's I mean. doing. But, you know, Sharapova can. Right. Sharapova can hit big, she can grind a little bit, and she can come to the net.
1: Right. Um, but wasn't it Biz Nadal ever changing his strategy based on who he's
0: playing? or even, He doesn't
1: need to. That's Yeah, that's because, what I mean. I think because she's the under raked player –
0: I think people get caught up way too much in that idea that I really have got to come up with some secret plan on how right. to beat this player. Play the other
1: person's weaknesses. Or
0: you just look at it and say, hey, I am better. And so now the way to manage this match is I have to maintain my level. I don't care what the other side of the net's doing. And yeah. in college tennis, to me, that's really the biggest thing because you're playing so many different people so many times and then they all they all graduate and disappear right and so some coaches i've seen some coaches with strategy you know with like notes on players right. and all that I it's i i think that's you know who knows i mean listen it, it may work i don't do that
1: i don't think it's happening like you said on the pro as much hmm. unless you're like you said unless you're the lower ranked player because then you feel like you might have right. to right like i don't think uh you know, Djokovic is going to a match and saying, you know, I've analyzed and if I go after his back, I think he just thinks I'm going to rally and the other guy's going to miss and I'm going to move him around. And, you know, I mean, I think there's maybe nuances they go in with. And even if you see the, you know, the commentators, I forget what match it was, but I think it was Karlovich, uh, the Karlovich uh, Nishikori match, which was incredible. And they said uh, Karlovic's strategy was to play short points and attack the return. I'm like. He really? could pick a hundred different opponents, really and that would be his same strategy right so that's what I mean. I thought it was interesting that she was acting like there was going to be a whole different strategy for the next match, which I think is probably doesn't happen that often
0: right oh did all right. did you
1: get to watch that match by the way Which one and I did not actually that was not. it went it was the fifth set tiebreak which which I have to have to admit I've liked didn't think I would, but I have right
0: well and let's uh let's talk about that match and the tie break when we come back it's time to join the revolution go to our website tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes email us your questions and comments or give us show ideas (laughs) All right, so we are back, by the way, in case you didn't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I saw pieces and parts of that match. Um, it was a match I was
1: really excited about, and and my wife was like, why do you want to watch? Because we watched the first set or two, and she was like, why do you want to watch that?
0: Well, because if you know what you're looking for, I mean, what better matchup than opposites? That's exactly what I First thought. of all. Um opposites physically, <laughs> opposites game style wise. Um, you know, probably personality wise are pretty closed off and quiet, but other than that, um yeah, so that's a that's a perfect match to watch. Would you rather watch Isner, you know, and Opelka? Oh
1: my gosh. I, right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to see any of that. And it ended just like I predicted. Exactly. But I, you know, I just I always like to see how players react to Karlovich or Isner, you know, and and, um, Nishikori did well the first couple of sets. Then all of a sudden he just, it, what inevitably happens against those guys, his serve started to falter ironically against someone who has no return game. Right. Uh, so I don't know if you know what happened, but it, he was at five all in the third set. So he'd already won the first two Nishikori gets broken at love. Wow. Five all in the fourth set. Nishikori gets broken at love
0: and then bang, 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 so he bang, lost seven,
1: five, seven, five. And then the fourth, they went all the way on serve to six. All and went to the tie break. And he was up seven four, and they got to. He was up seven four serving, I think,
0: and Bisha it got to court. seven
1: all. Yeah, so he got broken twice in a row in the tiebreak, and then he won ten. So he still won, but it was, it was crazy because you feel like all you have to do is make your first serve, and that's it.
0: Nah, it it would appear so, but that I mean, no, I know, but listen, I mean, these guys can hit shots. I mean, anybody, even like our lumbering friend John Isner. I mean. <laughs> If you let that thing sit right there, he will punish that forehand. I mean, he, he's a huge, they're all, they're huge human beings. I well, mean, so it's and like. Well, in the
1: game he won, one of those games he won at Love, I think he hit three return winners. Yeah. So it just, you know, and I think he does kind of that Sampras mentality of he's not going to do that every game, but then he waits till a five all, four all, you know, and then, and then does it.
0: Just waits for it. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that. Was one good match that kind of uh, hurt our, our our draw? Yeah, <laughs> right. is, so this 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 uh, tournament ended up starting out being better right. or as good as what we thought yeah. a four seeded tournament would would lend itself to. Right, men and women.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's been as many competitive matches in the women's, but you also had some weird you have some weird seating in the women's too with players coming back. Coming back, and, yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, Sharpo is a weird one. Hey, I think Sharapova is very very close to being back.
1: I know, and I thought this was going to be her last year and now I don't know what to think after. Why?
0: Why would it be when you potentially I wouldn't be after this, that's what I mean. Potentially Williams could be reti- you know retiring soon.
1: Right. Um I think I still think she's looking for that one good run and then she could just say that's that was it. I wanted right. to prove I could still do it and that was it. Who
0: Sharapova? Sharapova. Oh, okay.
1: Like she's looking for that one semifinal, final run.
0: No, I, if she won one. No, I don't think she's going to quit at all. No, I think she's bored selling candy, <laughs> and she's not. Nobody's taking pictures of her on the beach much anymore. Right. Um. So yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty that was uh two good matches she played, and that I mean the Ash Barty match was a little streaky, right? Um, but it was fun.
1: When I'm curious, I didn't hear the post match, but. I I didn't, I'd be curious what to, to know what her reasoning behind what happened in that match was because I'd haven't seen a player go off that badly <laughs> for that long in a long time. Well,
0: Kerber did it for an
1: entire match. <laughs> well, but, that's what I mean, but that makes more sense. Go away. Right. In a, in a match. Playing well and then right. not playing well. Um. But yeah, I think the, we kind of got the best mix of, like I said, we had the local players, the Americans, all the top players are still in for the most part. So, what I hope doesn't happen in week two is we see, you know, Nadal rolls through everybody, Djokovic rolls through everybody, and it's Nadal Djokovic final, and then Serena rolls through everybody, and Halep rolls through everybody, and it's Serena Halep. I hope we continue to see kind of the converse players playing each other. I was real excited about Anna Samova, and then she went away. Yeah, uniquely in the fourth <laughs> and round. that's all right. She's right.
0: such a youngster that <laughs> one exciting or two exciting rounds or whatever it was is is good enough. Well, um, it, it
1: kind of made me laugh because they said, I can't remember the last time I was a teenager. And I'm like, yeah, I can. CeCe Bellis and Melanie Udan and you guys act like they're the next number ones in the world. Right. And then we never. So I want to jump up and down about her, but I'm not quite Yeah, just because of those right. times I've gotten my hopes up before.
0: Well, the uh, so the tie break now in Australia, they play what's called a match tie break in America, uh, we call it. And it's you play to 10. First, right. first 10 by two. I mean, it's no different than a regular 12-point, you know, best of 12-point tie break to seven, except you have three added points to get to. That's really what it is. Right. It's just a little longer.
1: And aren't you tired of hearing, by the way, that, oh, it just gives you a little bit more margin for error, having those three, you really think three points gives anybody any more...
0: I, I mean, do the math. It does, technically. <laughs> it does, but I mean... But it doesn't
1: do enough to matter. I don't think anybody's saying, it's okay if I get down 5-2 in this. You Put know, it this way. I'm not trying. I'm indifferent. If you want
0: to keep it, keep it. Put them all at ten. I don't care. That's all I want is all four. May really, I wouldn't mind the. Well, I don't know. I think it's goofy to have it different between the first, second, third, fourth sets in the third set (laughs) in the fifth or third set depending on men or women. So really, if you're going to make it, if that's the best way to decide a tie between two players, then it should be in every set. Right. Or if not, go to all. Seven
1: point. Well, I know for a fact. It's actually called 12 point. (laughs) I know for a fact that I watched a match and a player got to seven and thought they had won. Nice. And they had to keep going. So I think that's the problem. Did they end up winning anyway? They did win, yeah. But I think that's the problem with having four different formats. Right. Is you've got to, like, they already have enough to worry about. They shouldn't worry about the format of the
0: match going in. So, I mean. I will say this. I don't care what format you use as long as it's not no tiebreak because that's the worst. <laughs> well, you know
1: that I like that. So That's the worst. So if you had to rank oh, this is going to be you're not going to even care about doing all, this, but I'm going to ask all you All 5 or rank? all
0: 3 sets for the men <laughs> best of 12.
1: No, rank all four formats right now what you Number 1
0: is. All all 5 Matt, all 5 <laughs> sets the 7 point tie ob- oh, okay. is number 1.
1: Okay. Like the US Open.
0: Number yeah, right, US Open. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Number 2 would be the Australian Open. Okay. You're talking about the four Grand Slams right. ranked the their four slams. dumb formats. Yeah. Um, so number two would be the Australian, where you have four out of the five as a regular <laughs> tie break. Right. And the fifth set or the third set on the women is to ten. That's number two. Right.
1: Whew. It's gotta be Wimbledon, because you said you hate the playing the whole set out.
0: It's gotta be well but it's so stupid. <laughs> it's such a dumb idea. It's so dumb. Right. Because they didn't actually make a decision. Right. They said, well...
1: We're not going to have seventy sixty eight again, but we're we'll stop at 9-9. Nine, nine.
0: Yeah. uh it, oh, it's so dumb. But here's the... No, st- it's twelve twelve, 12 or, or do they back it down to 9-9? Nine, nine? Is it twelve twelve? I, I thought it was twelve twelve. 12 That's but he, so stupid. But
1: here's the thing that I I can't wait for the... There's no player that wins a match 13-12 that's going to do any better in the next round than if they'd have won it 26-24. Right. That's not going to make a difference. Uh, it's It's... So like you said, it was like they changed it without changing it.
0: But I do think the idea of not having a sixty eight to seventy right. games. Games <laughs> not no chance on having that is the best. Right. At we, minimum. But we so, say
1: that, yet that was the biggest most attention women had gotten in the last twenty years for anything. Yeah, well
0: they could play naked and they would <laughs> get attention, but we don't think that's doesn't be mean a it's thing. good, right. I mean, it would be, let's be honest, <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the men's. Uh, but I just think it's funny that the the one most notable event they've had in the last 20 years, they,
0: they're getting rid of. Yeah, but it was notable, like For a, how serial, it was. a serial killer right. notable. I mean, it's not good, it's just notable. Yeah,
1: um, but that will never happen again anyway because you've got the roofs now. So it's like that's they're getting rid of no, something. No, the score will still happen, right, which the is score. absurd. But I don't think that score would have happened if it was one day. Because somebody would have collapsed. That's or, a good point. You know, That's what I mean. If it's all in one day. I don't want to kill anybody, though, either. Of course, and they got that stupid curfew, too. So I guess yeah, it still could happen. Right.
0: So anyway, I so I guess Wimbledon has to, because at least we're not going to have a 70-68 finish <laughs> in games in a fair set. I,
1: I think my, this is, this is, going to sound terrible my masochistic reason for saying this but i think those players deserve to be punished for not being able to break an opponent
0: to not be able to make yeah. one stinking so return. if you
1: can't break someone you deserve to get punished in the next round and get crushed um so i don't know that i don't think i'm just saying that's I've said a great this, point to be honest with I've you i've said this before imagine if we get somebody he's been trained since he was four and he hits 175 mile an hour serve he could win he could make it to the finals of a grand slam just by winning tie breaks, is that yeah. that is that what we want? Yeah, he, he cannot do that. Why not? If he has to break, that that will not. He will never make it to a grand slam final. A Assum- like meaning that's the only part of his game. He's got some crazy grip he's created where he can serve it and nobody can return it, no matter what. Or he's seven foot two. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, whatever
0: the thing is. Why isn't Dirk Nowitzki on the pro tour? <laughs> But that would just be... He played tennis at a good level, and he's seven feet, whatever. Yeah, I think this actually helps those people,
1: and I would rather have a format that hurts them than helps them. I don't want to reward somebody for having one shot.
0: So you would like to see all four Grand Slams go to no tiebreak in the fifth. Yes. But why not? So that and that's the <laughs> that only is the argument you, you always use that I can't really And that's the only refute. reason. That's the only
1: reason. Is why change the rule in one set that you have in every other set.
0: No, 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 no. To stop a seven foot two guy from winning when he has no other skill but serving?
1: I wouldn't say that's the only reason. I still think that... Number one reason? Uh, I mean, the number one reason is related to that, which is that you should have to break the person served to win. I see. Which you don't right now because you would win seven six seven six seven six. 7'6", <laughs> 7'6". Right. Um, yeah, I just think that's a part of the game that... No different than win by two. You should have to win by right. two to win
0: you do two points (laughs) right we've determined by within 12 games in that set you're equal and we've we've also determined over five (laughs) sets that you're equal even if you won the first two six oh and lost the second two seven six for all intents and purposes it's equal right you both have two sets apiece, and then the fifth set you did it again six all so you're equal we just got to figure it out who's better (laughs) yeah flip of a coin who's better
1: <laughs> did you hear the long uh the little round table they had with all eight commentators coaching versus non-coaching i already know you're staying first of it.
0: all that was horrendous it i was. mean it was just not at one point there was no
1: structure in it whatsoever
0: well at one point cliff drysdale mimicked what looked to be the chicken dance <laughs> where he was like you know he had both hands up to either side of him and he was like you know closing yeah. his thumb to his fingers like you know you know, yapping. Right. The talking sign. It looks like dun 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 dun. Chicken dance very big down here. They like to do
1: that. They do that about once or twice a slam, Cross it seems like just
0: everybody was talking and, and Cliff Drive's like shot. Well, up. and they
1: kept introducing they tried to introduce like four topics in like five minutes and it was like they didn't even give people a chance to talk about the first topic and then they tried to go on to the next one.
0: They just need to focus on the matches at hand and if they want real in depth conversation, where do they go? Where do they go? Right
1: here. The tennis revolution. To our blog. What annoys me too is they they'll do all that and then they'll go on the court and it'll be five all in the set. I'm like we we were listening to you and we could have been watching this set that's gone to five all. Um, You know they I don't I haven't figured out their system.
0: Well, their system is their main court centric. Right. So as soon as that match is over and they're getting it all ready for the changeover for the next two two people, they oh okay well nothing else is going on. Let's the main court's done. So who cares about. You know two top 20 players right. battling out somewhere else
1: well and what's funny is you know the main court there is not always the match that they want to show because like a lot of those Australians got that main court yeah and they don't want to show that here because there was one night where I was like why are we not watching Rod Laver and then I realized it was there was some Australian playing there that they assumed we wouldn't care about and so they were showing the second court and didn't even hardly reference the fact that there was a match going on on Laver no, so now that always changes the second week cuz there's only so many Australians left. I think there's only one left, which right. is Hardy. Um but still, they have one left, you know, for them is. I'm sure they're happy. We've got more Americans than we normally have.
0: Yes. And here's the thing. The the TV coverage is just a symptom of what everything else. It's like Federer playing all-night matches, literally all-night matches last year. It there's, there's, there's this over. I mean, compensation is not the right word, but you know, just fawning over these top players. Right. The seeding already gives them advantage, which we talked about. Yeah. That's number one. Now you have some tournaments, you know, just cow to these players, getting bigger than the game and right. it drives me insane well, they
1: already have the financial advantage of being able to afford more coaching and
0: staying where yeah. they want right coming in weeks in advance to get ready for you know. <laughs> you know
1: they get all access to all the practice courts rod laver arena exactly they're not letting tiafo go practice at rod laver arena <laughs>
0: or maybe but the lower players certainly not right. even lower maybe who knows but anyway it drives me crazy when you get to a tournament Everything should be exactly the same for every player within the confines of the actual tournament. Right. So in other words, once you step onto the grounds of the Australian Open, you are a nameless, faceless player. You should have a number on your back, and nobody should know who you are in terms of how you're treated.
1: And we haven't talked about that much, and that is that is one thing that really has upset me about Grand Slam tennis is that there's there's a lot of favoritism going on.
0: Now, to me... If you're the Australian Open and you put all of the Australians on the main courts, the reason you do that is because they hold more seats and more people are going to want to come see their their countrymen. I've got no problem with that because that in and of itself is not an unfair advantage. Right. Now, what is an unfair advantage, which I heard, we're not here this, it might have been on the tennis podcast, Um, our arch nemesis. The other other blog. The other blog. Um, It might have where they talked, I can't remember. You know what? It might have been on the Body Serve podcast, actually. I can't remember. Either way, it's one of those two, because it's the only two I really <laughs> listen to. Um, they, they said that the wild card, it was the Body Serve. The wild card situation is an unfair advantage for the for the four countries that have Absolutely, I've, I've always thought that. Well, you're a genius. You said that, actually, before. Yeah. I just discounted it, because <laughs> you said it. But the fact that the U.S. So the U.S. Open has wild cards as a tournament. Right. The USDA runs it, and the USDA thinks they're the development arm of all of American tennis. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> or if they are, maybe that's the reason we're in the state we're in. But they have access to spots in the main draw that right. they can give to quote-unquote players they deem worthy. Well, well almost everyone is American. They're, yeah, exactly. The only ones that aren't are the reciprocal agreements they have with the other three Grand Slam tournaments to let...
1: Which benefits them even more.
0: Right. So, because we get Americans into those tournaments. Right. So, I think that there ought to be some matrix based on, you know, winning percentage, ranking, um, whatever the case may be, there ought to be some sort of, you know, concrete, mathematic formula...
1: I got an idea. You're going to love it.
0: ...that determines... Who gets a wild card?
1: Well, I got an idea that you're going to love, which is everybody. The team that wins the Davis Cup this year gets all the wild cards next year and all the slams. Wee. tell me if that makes the countries care about Davis Cup. No, because Federer doesn't need right. a wild card. <laughs> that's the problem. The best players don't care because they're already getting them. Right, that's the but worst idea I've ever heard. Maybe of you make it a five-year deal. You know, make it if you win this year, you get all the wild cards five years from now or whatever. Well,
0: the bottom line is we have to have a shift in the fact that the actual tournament itself. Right. Is what matters. The game of tennis matters more than Federer. Fetter is not bigger than the game. Yeah. How many Grand Slams does Federer have? 20. 20. So he's got 20 trophies that he's received and kissed and fell down <laughs> on his back, which Tried. drives me insane, did a snow angel. Do you know how many champions Wimbledon has? 132. They there give out go. one every year. Right. They've got 132. Just men, you mean? Yeah, just yeah. men. 132 champions. How many women?
1: Well, I would assume similar. Probably
0: not. <laughs> I would assume that because at some point it doesn't matter. Right. My point being is we were talking about Federer. So, yeah. Williams, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we were talking about Federer. He can't win a Wimbledon. Well, I guess in 2019 he might be able to. Yeah. Uh, so Federer's got 20 Grand Slam championships. Wimbledon itself has 132. Right. So right there, he is a percentage of the amount of. Right, Wimbledon champions that exist and so to me it, you know i it's hard to say that because you have to balance the growth of the game and popularity and money for these tournaments and all that but at the same time how much more integrity is there when Federer is on court four, the right. fourth court the fourth biggest stadium and an Australian is on the first one and the Australian is going to fill up too well, and I'll,
1: you know, relate it to something that happened to me recently locally. And I don't even know if I talked to you about this, but I went to have a, to a coach a ladies team to a match and we shut up the club and the club said that I wasn't allowed to warm up the team. You know, they have a policy, whatever it wasn't allowed to. In the meantime, their, their, their team was warming up with, you know, their pro and getting ready for the match. And I was furious. I mean, I said, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You know, um, could you imagine the Cowboys going to, you know, play the eagles and the eagles say no you can't warm up we're going to warm up while you're in the locker room and then we'll let you know when it's time to come out for the game i mean it's it's and to me that's what's happening in these matches you've got a court that has got a roof it's got right. shade it's got your temperature control it's got all these different hawkeye which you know, straight up and finally got on every court this year but you've got all these men now now both players get those advantages
0: but it translates later in the tournament. Right, if you played all seven matches on stadium court at 7 p.m. when it's not hot. (laughs) Yeah, so I just think they lose sight. And again, there's there's no argument from me that a tournament needs to be able to shift players around based on attendance and popularity in terms of ticket sales. But beyond that, or instead of using that as a crutch to give the best player ever whatever they think he is right you know all this cush treatment it's got to change it's got to stop and wild cards is a great place to stop so how how would we determine who gets wild card because the tournament itself and that's a pretty you know long standing right you know process i mean you are the tournament director you're in charge of that tournament right but you can't keep you can't keep Roger Federer out can you yeah so why can you let a number 300 in the world guy in well I
1: was going to say I mean should wild cards even exist no why isn't it just the top 128 players
0: I would say a tournament so like golf has tournament exemptions um
1: well the one thing that golf injury is really the, the main thing but the one thing that golf does for the majors is that like if you've I think if you've won the Masters in the last 20 years, right. you get in automatically. right. Obviously, for tennis, we don't want you know Roddick coming back and playing well, this Open with, this year. With golf,
0: who. you can't have an unlimited amount of people. Right. So True. 124 get in, but that doesn't mean there's only 124. So if Jack Nicklaus wants to play, he can play. Right. And it won't bump the 124 guy out. Yeah. When, so they'll have – if it's 124 and the only exemption guy that wants to play is Jack Nicklaus – They'll have 125 guys right. in that tournament. Um, what well, I was going to say. And sort, could, <laughs> never mind. Michelle, we would have something to say about that.
1: But you can have a wild card tournament, but how is that any different than qualifying? It's not. Um, because then you could pick, you know, scrubs to play the one you wanted get Right. Again.
0: So maybe you open up the qualifying that many spots. So the maybe. Hmm. So you've got that many qualifying spots, and maybe you have to go to the – how would you determine? Maybe you go to the ATP for the men, the WTA for the women, to determine injury – to determine a wild card. So there are no wild cards. Right. But you can use a qualifier spot as an exemption in the case of Serena coming back from her baby. uh, You know, Murray coming back from his hip. Well, and for that, they
1: already have protected ranking, which makes them qualify for the tournaments anyway.
0: Well, some. Right. But if if you didn't, if Serena was right out in for Serena, longer, yeah. or if, if she was out longer and right. her exemption passed, you know, so... There's, or frankly,
1: if, I mean, well, I don't know. I was going to say if some truly, you know, great player came back, you know, and deserved to get in. But again, they should have, they had to come back sooner. Sorry, you should have played some of, the, some of the warm-up tournaments right. and proved that you deserved to be in it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think they're... Are certainly circumstances that uh, would allow you know allow themselves to you know be oh okay wow yeah this makes sense to have because we want Serena in this tournament.
1: Well, I think what you're saying is there's clearly players that get in every Slam that didn't deserve to be there. Correct. Uh, and I think we like Sock did lose to wild card, but he was also wild card. So we had wild card versus wild card in the first round. Which One is of kind those of players won the, their match, got into the second round by beating a wild card.
0: And what was I talking about last week? We should have one whole section where it's right. all wild cards. <laughs> and so,
1: but that's kind of so that's kind of ridiculous that both those guys got, you know, rewarded for not being good enough to be in the tournament, you know, to qualify for the tournament.
0: Yeah, so qualifiers should be randomly placed in all the spots and there should be only wild cards should be rare rare circumstances where The the quote-unquote governing bodies of the two tours should make the decision.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if they chose the wild cards, that would make much more sense. Of course, the tournaments are going to argue, well, we need it to be the local because that draws, you know, the attention and draws the fans. Not at a Grand Slam. No, absolutely not at a Grand. No one wants to see American wild cards.
0: Not at a tour level event. Right below the tour level, yes.
1: Or just give them one. You get one wild card. Do what you want with it. You know, they right now they get like ten. Now I don't know how many they control. They have those reciprocal agreements and all that, but yeah. but I know they at least get four or five. I think there's eight total. I mean, so you have three reciprocals and then you have five.
0: They should get rid of it. They should just get rid of it. No wild cards altogether.
1: Yeah, I mean the only the only time it does make it more interesting for fans is if, like I said, somebody comes out of retirement or somebody you know, comes in and then it's it is a it is a point of interest. But again, if they were good enough, they should be able to pass whatever qualification process, you know. There was
0: unless they weren't cleared to play until. No, that I understand. You know, so there. That, that, that's why I say there. I I'm saying like
1: Connors when he came back in in the nine ninety one and right. played. But again, he may have just gotten back from injury, like you said, a week before. I don't know.
0: So yeah, so that would be a way more fair scenario, I think.
1: Well, remember Ivan Isovich was the the wild card winner of Wimbledon but that was again an injury situation
0: right so I again I do think there can be circumstances where
1: that's what I'm saying I don't think you can get rid of it completely but it definitely shouldn't be country-based that's I think your main point
0: so no hillbillies can get (laughs) oh you mean (laughs) no tennis
1: sangren uh (laughs) (laughs) that's not right (laughs) um but anyway so our I did do our simulated draw, which we hadn't talked about yet. Yeah, you were hesitant to talk about it, and I kind of stayed away from it, but uh, no, jump I on in. Mind. Jump on in. I mean, I think the advantage I have is that I can you know, advance the seeds through regardless, but but the whole point of this was that would it destroy the draw to do it this way or not because you're always hoping that the best players advance for the sake of the
0: second week. Well, and the fact that it worked out. Doesn't change whether ours would have worked out or right. yours. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make you take the blame for it. Um, yeah, because meaning and, if the
1: player lost, it's gonna just destroy the draw regardless of what format. Well, we've
0: also definitely seen it not work out in years past. So just yeah. because it worked doesn't mean it's fixed.
1: But yeah, right. I just so I just advanced to the quarters for the men. I've got Djokovic Anderson first quarter. You know, two top ten players.
0: Well, so. All right, we'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead and go through that.
1: And then I've got Zverev and Edmund. So Edmund's number 13, so he had a a little bit easier path. And then Team and Federer and Nadal and Chilich. And so, again, if any of those players lost before that point, which they obviously did in the real tournament, that can happen anytime. But what what I'm saying is the potential quarter was still really high quality just like it is now
0: yeah so here so we have Djokovic is in and he's playing the 15 seed right the two seed at the bottom is in and he's playing you know, he was we're talking about in the fourth round or the quarters Quarters. Oh, okay um so tfo so the twos in playing tiafo who right. obviously upset two seeded players including right. the five so he would
1: have had to beat zverev in my draw to get to the quarters Brownich
0: and Zverev. So he just made him come to the net. <laughs> um, and then you have C. To pass, who's the 14.
1: Yeah, and he, in my particular draw, he had a, he had, would have had a tough path. Right. Well, he had a tough path anyway.
0: And the other the other quarters aren't decided yet. Right.
1: But so, yeah, what you're seeing is it, it doesn't – the element of luck still separates the top players enough where you're still going to get high-quality – you know, around a 16-quarter semis.
0: So, all right, so give me your... So Nadal's playing who?
1: Uh, Nadal and team, I believe. And team. No, Nadal and Chilich, sorry. And
0: Chilich. So that's on paper a better matchup, except for the fact that based on Tiafoe's finish, right. he certainly could have overcome, because that's what we're comparing. We don't, yeah. we don't have the actual players matched up because obviously it's two different draws, but in terms of level... I mean, Tiafo went through the 5 and the 20 until is a 6. Right. So, and that's theoretically, a, he still could have been right where he is, or that level could have been, you know, that match, he could have beaten those two players. Yeah, and our whole
1: argument for using this draw was that it would make the first two rounds better, but, but would it do it at the cost would, of the later rounds? Exactly.
0: So, all right, so then the next lineup we've got the 22 seed, Bautista Agu, against Sitsa Pass. What did you have the next line up?
1: Uh, So, uh, second quarterfinal, you mean? Yep. Zverev and Edmund.
0: Technically, it's a fourth quarterfinal because it's on the bottom. But oh, so right, right. So so you, yeah. So you had Edmund and who and else? Zverev. And Zverev.
1: So Edmund was 13 seed, which he ended up losing first round in the actual tournament. Right. But so again, I just went based on ranking here.
0: So we got a 14 and a 22, so both seeded players. Right. And again, Chilich was in that. So Chilich on paper should have made it right and played fetter. So um, fetter chillage versus whatever yours was. I mean, actually, I mean, yeah, chillage fetters better. And I only
1: had, but I only had one top eight player that didn't make it based on this is what I mean. Right, right, right. So that's, it didn't. It didn't destroy the draw. Could it mathematically work out where five, six, seven, eight are right. on the same quarter? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's tricky. What are the odds that's going to so happen?
0: So, what do you have? So, you, who do you have? No, Djokovic playing in the fourth round. Anderson. So he's playing Anderson, which is a better than a Medvedev right. on paper. But again, Anderson lost in the real draw. So right. That's. Uh, but he control. also lost to somebody who's in the quarters. Right. So. Um, so then, who do you have? Nishikori in that next. I've got – the other one I haven't mentioned is uh, Team and Federer. Oh, so Team and Federer. So Federer is in the fourth round also. Wow. Yeah. And then what about that roundage line? So Zverev's somewhere else, so he's in. Well, yeah, so I've listed all minor. I've got Novak
1: Anderson, Edmonds, Zverev, Team Federer, and Nadal, Chilich. Those are my final eight. I got you. And so that's, that's uh, like I said, seven of the top eight. So one of the top eight players got screwed by having to play. Djokovic and Ishikori had to play each other in the round of 16 in mind. Right. So he gets a worse... So one, basically one of the top eight players got a worse draw than he would have normally.
0: And this is an uncharacteristically good draw.
1: Right. Right now. Yeah.
0: All right. How about the, the woe man?
1: <laughs> so I've got Halep and Muguruza. Well,
0: let started start at the bottom because it was already done. So your two seed... Our two seed was Kerber. Right. And she is out to unseated Collins, so... Yeah,
1: so I had Kerber and Kvitova in mind, and so obviously if Kerber lost... Ironically, in mind, Collins had a terrible draw, <laughs> but she, you know, did beat the number two player in the I was going to say, so
0: technically, she had a terrible draw here.
1: She actually would have had, in mind, she would have beat Mugarutha and Ostapenko just to get to the uh, round of 16.
0: All right, so that bottom quarterfinal is Daniel Collins, who beat Kerber, so Kerber wouldn't be there anyway. Right. Um, and Pavly- Ch- chank-chenkova <laughs> Good Lord.
1: And, She's been the up-and-comer for five years.
0: Yeah. And then Ash Barty and Kovitova are the next one up. So in this draw, they're the 8 and the 15. So right. you, who do you have in the second from the bottom quarter?
1: So whoever the top oh, second from the bottom. So that would be... Wozniacki and Streets of Us. So that's kind of my dud quarterfinal that I've got. The Streets of it was the highest seated person in that area for me.
0: Yeah, but Wozniacki, you know, I mean, she would have made it. She would have been right.
1: And so no matter what draw you do, you could have two unseated players because right. people beat people I mean, Well,
0: and we do. I mean, we right. have two in the same match in the right. bottom quarterfinal. So, you, I mean, for Americans, first of all, the fact that Stevens lost to Pavlovichankova changes that for america but i don't think it changes it for anybody else in the world nobody cares about stevens right. outside that she's a five seed yeah yeah i think that
1: it, that's actually a shame for collins because now that match will barely even be talked about right collins and stevens that would have been huge a feature i mean they'll show it he it'll be the first match on probably you know tomorrow on tennis channel but it won't be nearly as big as it would have been
0: all right, so the next one up, we've got the two seeds. We got the potential of Svitolina and Osaka meeting in the in the uh, the the second from the top quarter. So, who do you have from the second from the top quarter?
1: I've got Osaka and Serena, which obviously would be a big match.
0: Yeah, that's a really big match. Although,
1: for I think for the main the real draw, it would be Osaka and Serena in the semis, which would be more beneficial for the tournament. They'd rather have that in semis than the quarters. Well,
0: and that's Serena's fault for being the sixteen seed, right? Not the tournaments. Um. In either case, so really, it makes it makes more sense the way you did it because yeah. she is the 16th seed. All right. So that's a that's a gangbuster of a quarter, though. Uh, right. And who do you have? So You got Halep. Yeah, I've got Halep and uh, Muguruza. Muguruza. Okay. And again, that's you know they 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 have Muguruza, Pliska. They. I mean, we. <laughs> the actual reality um, is. 18 and 7. So yeah. Pliskova and Muguruza to face Holoper Williams. Right. And so, yeah, it worked out, you know, this That same. actually works out worse because if if they're trying to keep the best players away from each other, having Williams seeded 16, you know, puts right. her in that spot to play the 1 yeah. in the fourth round. <laughs> so well, And I think
1: the way they're doing it now, you know, why wouldn't they because like we've talked about, giving the top players an advantage, why wouldn't you reseed every round if you're going to do that? Like, they go to that extreme. Ooh. Um, And that's fancy. I mean, but if they're going to do that, like, that's basically what they're doing already. Why wouldn't you take it all the way to the end?
0: Ooh, that is fancy. Or, you know, maybe the first three rounds or the first four rounds go through like it is and then reseed. Right. That is fancy. Because maybe
1: you lose two of the top because like, like sometimes it works out where, well, like in this instance, I think Djokovic and – aren't Djokovic at all in the same half or no? I don't know. I think they are. I'm
0: off the men now. Here.
1: But like it, 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 what I mean by that is many times it works out where one semi is really – No,
0: Federer and Nadal. They were. Yeah.
1: But one, sometimes it works out where one semi is really interesting and one is not. You'd rather be able to separate those two players in the second week if you could knowing that your tournament could be over in the semis potentially
0: huh. i'm just saying why well, they
1: why wouldn't they do that is what i mean
0: right if that's their intent right then right
1: so i think so from our it my intent, way it makes more sense yeah yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna worry about you know integrity of the draw and competitive balance and all that if you're gonna work on you gonna do favoring the best players and getting the best matches at the end you want to do what they're doing you're right doing
0: what, and I'm telling you, this four seed situation. The only reason I would say eight is because we have a big three. Right. So the the next grouping downs keep them apart. Yeah. But when when Federer and Djokovic, well, actually, if it's just Djokovic and Federer, and Nadal retire, Delpo out, you know, he'll right. retire. Chillage mate. Then why wouldn't we have just four? Because who. Well, one of the slams is
1: going to 16 this year. I can't remember. I think it's Wimbledon. I sure hope so. Uh, so, I mean, 16, I it's can better. understand. It's better. 32, I never understood why they went to it to begin with.
0: Because of that one to four ratio.
1: Just to keep, and to keep better players in longer. I guess, yeah. But I would, I would like to actually do the research on that. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, but to see if it <laughs> you actually. You like somebody call in right. and have done the research on but that. But I would be curious to know if it's actually made a difference in the top 16 seeds staying in the tournament longer once they went to 32 versus 16. Right. I bet it hasn't made much of a difference, right? This is one of the best turns we've ever had in terms of seeded players. That's the other thing.
0: We're comparing the the draw that is actual, you know, and done the way every other Grand Slam has done it for the last however many years. This just happens to be one of the best draws (laughs) with the best results on the men's side, anyway, and we're still pretty comparative.
1: I'm I'm hard pressed to think of a first week of a Slam as good as this one this
0: one or yours
1: well right which makes me wonder what week two (laughs) and how it can live up to that um because there's been just been so many things to talk about and it makes me poised for a letdown unfortunately in the second week
0: right good stuff what about the women How, how do we think um your draw compared to theirs comparable also right yeah
1: i'm like i said serena osaka you know For a semifinal, Halep
0: Muguruza. Those are, I mean, for a quarterfinal, those are pretty, pretty big. All right, week two. So that's really the thing I'm looking for is is comparing the matches now and how they match. You know how how the quality is. Right. I mean, because Kerber playing like she played is a a huge letdown for any (laughs) tennis fan because I don't want to see I want to see Danielle Collins win, but you know, she could drug every opponent she has before, you know, put a little something in their drink and have them all <laughs> groggy right. and beat them the same way, but that's not the right way to win. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I want to see competitive matches, and uh, and that was not.
1: Well, and I'm not going to ask you for
0: please specific
1: don't. predictions, but what, what in general do you want to see in week two and what do you think we're going to see in week two?
0: Well, and this, you know, please uh, don't, uh, you know, tweet at me or whatever you do, but <laughs> Um, I am hoping that some of these players can step up and fend off Serena. I mean, in all honesty, her run to the U.S. Open was kind of disappointing to me. Not because of her, but because she's not who she was before she had a child. You know what I mean? I mean, how can you possibly be? And she hasn't been challenged thus far. But the thing that doesn't bother me about it, like it would on the men's side, is that I think she is without question of any era, and she's she is you know, you know, crossed over multiple eras, um, unquestionably the greatest women's player, greatest player ever, (laughs) greatest women's player ever, and and so we actually have a bar set, and that's all right. Whereas on the men's side, there is no bar because everybody below the big three suck. So I guess maybe I, I'm talking myself I'm out, out of my own argument, um, but it would be impressive to see that if people can step up and and handle her, then you know then at least when she does decide to pass the baton off, it'll be like oh okay there's some deserved people because the men's side so far I don't know if there is, <laughs> and even with the next next gen, they're just by. Age. I mean, if they were ten years younger, right, they wouldn't even face veteran them. So you couldn't even say it. But if they were ten years older, they'd been right in the teeth of it, right. So would they be pushing them? Because regardless of them being in the prime, the fact that people are saying they're not in their prime now even proves my point even more that they're not in their prime. They're still one, two, and three,
1: right? Um, Exactly. And I think here's what we always want to see at the end of these slams is is a top player. Playing a up and coming player, and not in and a and the up and coming are not getting thrashed, right and in the final. You know, to even get to the final is amazing because that hasn't happened much. But could you imagine if we had a? I don't. I know it doesn't work out in the terms of the where they are in the draws, but I'd love to see a Serena, you know, Collins for example. Collins isn't necessarily young and up and coming, but she's up and coming.
0: And then a Ct Pass Djokovic. Right, exactly. Or even as Vera Djokovic. And I would be happy with those both as semis. Right. Because semis are 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 close enough to say, wow, you really did some damage at to this tournament. So you'd be
1: happy if it was, if TFO made the semis and and Tsitsipas made the semis, but they both lost in Adal and Djokovic.
0: Yeah, in four sets. Right. In four good sets. Because
1: then you say there's light on the horizon. Well,
0: then you have... <laughs> light at the end of the tunnel. You have that... Scenario where great player getting older, young player coming into their own. Right. It should have happened five years ago. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. This transition should have happened five years ago if this era didn't suck. right? So, exactly. So, that's what it's supposed to look like. And hopefully... That's that's actually, you just put it the best way. That's the best way to describe what I've been trying to describe in terms of the next, next-gen skipping over the next-gen. Right. And then the old guys, you know, retiring. But again, on the women's side, it's just different. We Serena is Roger Federer, but there's no question in terms of the competition she's faced throughout her career. Right. Whereas I do feel there is – you know again Andy Roddick I mean he's he's been Federer's biggest competition right throughout his career and he's been retired for who knows how many years <laughs> so yeah so Serena's different in the sense that I don't doubt her level right so
1: well yeah she's got I mean she's has to play so many multiple time Grand Slam champions and again I didn't I'm not the one that made Grand Slam titles the end-all be-all of you know ranking great players that's, you know, what the world has determined is the number one. So you, how can you say that Federer is so great when he's, beaten, he's beating so many players that have won none?
0: Not the world. Yeah. These players. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, when, when Federer skips an entire clay season because he wants to focus on Wimbledon, he's not focused on Holla. You know, yeah. Holla. He's focusing <laughs> on Wimbledon. He's right. focused on the U.S. Open. He's focused on Australian. So it's, it's also the players that have done this as well. Um, a little bit and, and we in the media you know I'm not saying we're media but we as fans <laughs> right. media falling into the trap but I 100% agree with you I mean you know the the overall wins well and if
1: I'm if Djokovic wins two slams this year and let's say Federn and win zero and I had to fill out at the end of the year say say that again let's say Djokovic wins two slams yep and Federn and I'll win none so whoever wins the other two doesn't matter and you ask me at the end of the year, who is the greatest player of all time? I am would be more likely to say Djokovic than Federer at that point. Right. And again, it's going to be 20 to 16 or whatever it is, but Djokovic has had to beat Nadal and Federer his entire career. Right. Federer and Nadal won a lot against, you know. Without him. Without him. um, So that's the complete opposite of the argument that person sent in of, you know, Federer getting to, being to pass his prime when Djokovic won. I think it's the opposite. I think... Fetter and all, got the luxury of having to build up, you know, win some against nobodies, the Monfils and the Burdiches and the Ferreres and the Sangas, Gasquets of the world, whereas Djokovic just had to do them all against Fetter and Adal Murray.
0: Right. So Jimmy Connors has the all-time match wins right now, and he's – God, that's amazing that Fetter doesn't have that. Well, record. Jimmy Connors has 1,256. Now he, he, the years active was 1970 to 1996, but yeah, he played to 96. after, yeah, but it wasn't even real. That must've been like a couple doubles ride. or he must've been horsing around. Cause
1: 91 was his US open and that's considered like his last tournament.
0: Yeah. And he had no chance to win that. Right. You know, so, and that's, so, and that's, that's a true good doubles, I guess is factored in there. No, um, no, I think this is uh, sing, singles? This is singles. Wow. So, so if you factor in '91 as being Connor's kind of last year, right. That's 21 years on the pro tour, and that's what 19, uh, right, 2000, 20. 2019 will be for Roger Federer is 21 years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, so it, it kind of, kind of apples to apples, I guess, uh, it, as much as you can, right? And Jimmy Connors has 73 more wins than fetter
1: when hmm. with with being Fedder, way more tournaments available now to play i too. would think
0: so yeah it's, oh
1: fetter's gonna uh, i don't know it's a lot man because yeah, you because on a normal year he's playing
0: clay this year
1: supposedly uh because on a normal year he probably wins 40 or 50 matches now with, with his limited schedule he's
0: playing yeah that's true
1: so he'd have to play
0: maybe three years yeah, three more years to catch Jimmy Connors.
1: Well, yeah, he's got to win all no, this match, yes, and win them all. Yeah, yeah
0: obviously. Well, we assume that because yeah. he can't <laughs> he can't play Novak in every single first round. Um,
1: yeah, or, I think or, yeah. I think he breaks that record because I think when it gets close, it starts to become a topic. You know, so then like he may not care about it right now, but I think by the end of the year when he's right twenty thirty, he maybe cares about it and tries to go for it. Yeah, could and be. Then we have to hear about that for six months.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think he'd hang on being 30 in the world to do it though, do you? No, but I
1: th- I've heard him say that he wants to play at the Olympics next year. So that's a year and a half. And yeah. he's not just going to, he's going to play the slams yeah. for sure. And he can win four or five matches in a slam. True. If he wins four or five matches in the next six slams, that's 30 wins. Right. So he's halfway there. And you know he's going to play Indian Wells, Miami, those kind of
0: things. Right. Yeah, and he'll definitely get out into the Third round of those minimum. Right. Interesting. All right. What a varied day in terms of topics. (laughs) But good stuff though. And uh man, glad to be back in this studio behind this mic. I was (laughs) I was awful. Let me apologize to all the people that listened to that broadcast. It was not good on my part. You did fantastic. It was wonderful. Craig Craig did well. I was horrific. (laughs) But hey, like I said, compared to my first podcast here on the revolution i think it's gotten better maybe the fans
1: (laughs) and we were sitting inside watching you know pretty good level of tennis on a terrible weather day so that's true at
0: least we didn't have to deal with uh the gale force winds and the you know wind chill (laughs) below freezing
1: yeah if that was an outdoor broadcast i uh i would have quit tennis (laughs) i would i would
0: have applied to become a basketball coach That's right indoors so anywho all right um I guess that draw technically was your corner, huh? That was. I like it. Are you taking Serena to win it here? SW24, as Brad Gilbert would say? No. nope. But I am taking Djokovic.
1: Oh, well, yeah, we're both taking Djokovic. We know.
0: All right. With that...
1: Oh, wait, one last thing. Oh, Lord. I got to ask this question they asked, which I didn't think was a... I thought was an easy decision. They said, if you could choose two things to pick... This will be my shortened corner... Would you bet on not to bet the big three to win all four slams, or anybody else to win one?
0: Isn't that exactly the poll question I put out months ago? No,
1: I thought it was Djokovic to win all four. Yeah, but what's the difference? Well, the, I mean, well, you know, they've copied us on that, and they copied us on. They're using UTR rankings to predict matches. Did you see that?
0: Yeah. That, so we might, might not officially be in control of pro tennis, but <laughs> behind the scenes, obviously, That's we right. know who's driving it. Um. Yeah. I. My. I. No. No. Mine was even more difficult of a choice. A Novak Grand Slam. So he wins all four. Right. Or a Next Genner winning. Or next. Anybody not in the Big Three winning.
1: Oh. See. I didn't realize yours was anyone but the no, Big Three.
0: Yeah. It wasn't Nadal or Federer. Right. It was Djokovic Grand Slam or Next Genner. Uh, oh. So, next general Well see. So, yeah, so that's a no. Different. No. 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 Four and below the. Okay, the okay. world. So not. So anybody. Novak all four yeah. or anybody
1: except the big 3. And win did we one. say we said Novak, didn't we?
0: I did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's what they said and on TV. If you're TV. smart,
0: you would say what I said.
1: <laughs> that's what they said on TV. They said they would sooner pick the big 3 to win all of them.
0: Who asked that question?
1: It was either Cahill or Goodall. Um one of the one of the foreign accents. That's it, man. But they uh and they agreed with us and but again, they can't say well, it's because everybody else sucks. They're saying, oh, because these guys right. are so great. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and that doesn't I'll change even, with Federer being out. That doesn't change your... I've already conceded that it's a combination of both. I've already conceded that the big three could be right. arguably the greatest ever in whatever order. But I'm also saying that the rest of the field is weak. <laughs> Nobody else wants to say that.
1: But I'm saying having Federer out of this tournament doesn't change your... No. Because Poss isn't beating better Djokovic at all. Right. Uh, even beating two of them would be amazing.
0: Well, um, if, um, man, yeah, Djokovic, nobody's beating Djokovic. That's all there is to it.
1: I don't think, I see Nadal and Djokovic as a clear, I mean, pick to go to the finals right now, and I'm not seeing anybody yeah. that can stop it.
0: All right, we need to get out of here. People are going to see how long this thing is and <laughs> just throw their phone in the garbage. <laughs> Um, All right. Well, that was a good little tidbit to add at the end because it basically made me (laughs) right. So I'll take those anytime. So nothing else? That's it. Fantastic. Um, I got great news. This is a real tidbit. We've got a new place you can listen. Uh Uh-oh. And you'll never guess where. Your basement. No. (laughs) The Walkman. We are now, after much consternation and cursing at my computer... We are now on YouTube. So you just go to YouTube and search Tennis Revolution, and we're like the 15th thing that comes up. (laughs) But we're there. So you can go to YouTube. There is no video, so you don't get to see Corey's dashing good looks. Um, It's just we converted the audio to a video somehow. Um, And again, I don't know how. (laughs) So Tennis Revolution into the search box. And we're the third thing up. There we go. Moving up already. So... Tell all your friends, and everybody has access. Everybody uses YouTube, not everybody podcasts. That's just true. Just because you're listening out there doesn't mean anybody else cares about what you're doing. Uh, podcasting is still kind of a, a underground kind of thing, but it is well, on
1: YouTube, it's the future. You can use pretty much any method to get on YouTube. That
0: too, exactly. So check us out on all other forums, but spread the word. Please spread the word on YouTube because the bigger YouTube gets, the more it'll feed itself. Uh, And people listen and view and do all the view technically, even though they're only listening. So
1: can we compile all our views from every different medium we're
0: available on now? No idea how. (laughs) I I can't. I think we're up to the billions now. I can barely hit record on this thing. (laughs) So all right. So that's it. Do all the things you normally do. Spread the word on all the different uh, formats. Oh. The bag. I gotta pick a winner. I'm gonna do that next week. All right. Give the little, you know, nobody else is tweeting out that picture anymore. I might resend it one more time.
1: A strain uh, up and wrap up show. There it is. And the giveaway.
0: That's it. Remind me next week. So that's it. So until next time. Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye guys. Bye Federer.